Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. And now my name ring bells. All across the world, so my name ring bells. Welcome to Fade the Booth with your host, the best deep threat ever, Deshaun Jackson. What's going on? It's your main man, Deshaun Jackson. You're now tuned in to Fade the Booth with the one and only legendary. I'm amazed and I'm honored to have her. You ain't gonna call it the ring, but she's in the booth. Layla Ali, how you doing today? I'm good. What's up, man? How you doing? Oh, man, I'm, I'm great, man. I, I want to first off apologize for my technical difficulties, technical <laughs> difficulties. Uh, you know, I'm trying to get everything, you know, handled out, but uh, appreciate your time and your patience. But, um, you know, I'm blessed. Um, you know, how about yourself? Well, um, it's all good. I have the same technical difficulties from time to time. We all are experiencing it right now, having to be online, right? So I think you're doing an amazing job so far. Um, I'm blessed as well. You know, there's nothing to complain about. I mean, I think we, we all are in the same boat right now. We're all in this together. And I'm just happy to have my family, my health, my my um, mental health as well, because a lot of people don't right now. They're suffering. So, you know, what can we say? No, it's a blessing. Uh, you know, before we get into any questions or anything, you know, I, I want to take the time to just hit your intro. I mean, your, your intro kind of hefty in my <laughs> eyes. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to be honest. I'm a fan. Um, I, I do a little bit of challenging later, but, you know, first off, man, I, don't, I, I can't even say every category that you done held, you know, belts or titles in, whatever y'all call it in, in that field. But, uh, I mean, you have every belt. You you held every belt, and you still to this day have every belt. You went 24-0 with 21 KOs. That, that mean, like, she knocked them out, like, cold, ducked, and uppercut and all that. But, uh Man, honestly, that's that's an amazing stat line. Um, you know, not to mention you're the the daughter of Muhammad Ali, one of my favorite all time boxers that's ever you know touched this planet Earth. Um, you know, honestly, t- talk to me a little bit about that. Like, what what was that like? Obviously, being Muhammad Ali's daughter, and uh, was it pressure growing up early early um stages in, in your career and just being a kid? Like, what was that like? I'm I'm curious to 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 know what was that like for you. I don't know any other life than being his daughter. And of course it was amazing because to have my father who is not only a global icon, amazing athlete, but just who he was as a man, as a father, as an example in my own household every morning, obviously that's hard to, to explain, but of course it did come with entourage and people over all the time. Our house wasn't really a a private home. Like you would imagine. It was kind of like a public place. There was always people there. My dad was traveling all the time because he was out saving the world. Right. Right. (laughs) Um, On top of everything else that he was doing. Um, But I would say, like I said, just having him as an example, because I learned a lot by watching him rather than, you know, what they say, you know, do as I I say, not as I do. Right. But a lot of times with kids, we're always watching. And it really he really helped shape the way I view people, the way I view the world in terms of just people having character and morals and their values and and who they are as a person, because my dad really lived that life. You know, everything Mm -hmm. you read about his greatness, that's who he really was. And it's it's your daily you know, habits that, that really make you the person that you are. Right. So I got to witness all of that. Definitely. So you got, you got to witness firsthand the hard work, um, you know, the temptation. I mean, obviously, like you said, everyone around him, the entourage, um, you know, 
I'm, I wasn't as big or I don't, you know, put, put myself on his level because that's, that's a hefty level. But, you know, I'm up there so I could kind of understand as far as, you know, the, the daily routine, as far as having people around you. And, you know, you kind of have to be the person to make sure everything done. This bill taking care of this money being here, this there. So I get that part of it. For, for, for you, being a young, a young lady and a female um, and obviously your dad being a, a, a boxing legend, did, did you feel any pressure to, to say I should, you know, I'm, I'm a young lady and I'm a female, but I have to follow, um, you know, what my dad pursued as a, as a, as a male boxer. How was that for you as a female? Um, and, and tell me like, did you, I, cause I saw something where you said you didn't really, or you didn't get into boxing until you became 18. So growing up, like, was you shying away from that or was you kind of rough growing up? Like you wanted to get in the ring? Like how, how was that for you? So let me just create this, this context for you here. I'm the youngest. Of okay. all of his children, my dad has nine. Nine, nine for sure. I'm the yeah. youngest girl. I have a okay. brother who's adopted. He's younger than me. But I'm the youngest, and I'm the only boxer in the family. I am uh-huh. the only fighter in the family. I, uh-huh. I used to get in trouble in school. <laughs> I, I heard about it. I actually went to juvenile hall at one right. point. Right. <laughs> I'm not talking about no overnight stay. Three months. Wow. And that's a whole other story. I actually wrote about it in my book, Finding Reach, Spirit and Personal Power, um, because I always mm-hmm. had this fighter in me because of, I yeah. did grow up in a dysfunctional environment when my parents um, divorced. So I became this fighter and mm-hmm. I saw women's boxing on television for the first time when I was about 17 years old. I never had the idea to fight. I never had the idea to fight professionally. Um, I wasn't like, oh, I want to be like my dad. There was no pressure there because women didn't box as far as yeah. I know. It wasn't a popular sport. No one was expecting me, especially someone that someone's like, oh, you're so pretty. You should do X, Y, and Z. They're yeah. not going to expect you or pressure you to become a boxer. Right. So for me, I was at a friend's house, turned on the TV to watch a Mike Tyson fight. And on the undercard, these women come into the ring. And I'm like, wait a minute, what? What is going on? Like, I didn't even know it was a sport. So when they got in the ring and they started brawling, I'm talking, it was a bloody fight. And I was like, I want to do that. And my friends were like, girl, you crazy? No, they'll take your head off, all that kind of stuff. (laughs) I went home that night dreaming about becoming a professional boxer. And at the time, mind you, because I've always been very ambitious. I had my own nail salon, Mm -hmm. had my own business because I went to school for nails and had all that. So I had this plan in place. So for a year, I pondered it. Like, should I do this? What's my dad going to think? What is everyone going to say? What kind of exposure this is going to be? Because I knew Muhammad Ali's daughter, that's a big story, following in his footsteps. Nobody, it wasn't women's boxing, was, it wasn't even where it is now. And it still has a long way to go. But right. decided to do it. Let me fast forward the story. Trained for a year in secrecy because mm-hmm. I knew I need to make sure I can really do this and I'm going to be good at it. I don't want to embarrass myself. I don't want to embarrass my father. There's a lot of pressure is going to come with this that, you know, so mm-hmm. then my dad came in town and was like, I hear you're boxing, you know, like five months into it. And he basically tried to talk me out of it. He was like, it's, it's what are you going to do if you get knocked down? And everybody's watching you. Muhammad Ali's daughter get knocked down. I was like, dad, I thought about that. I'm going to get yeah. back up just like you did. Mm-hmm. Well, what if this, what if that? And finally got really frustrated and was like, just it's too hard. It's for, it's not a woman's, you know, it's not a woman's sport. It's a man's sport. Don't do it. And I was like, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, dad, I'm going to do it. You know? And I, mm-hmm. I felt like he just didn't know any better. He just, you know, was afraid. And he apologized later, told me he was wrong and all that after I won some titles and all that. But mm-hmm. to answer your question, I know that was a very long winded answer, no, but there was it. never no, any yeah. pressure except for the pressure that I put on myself to go mm-hmm. into the sport. But of course, during, you know, as an athlete, you have the opportunity to work on your craft when nobody's watching, right? You have nothing to lose. You're learning, nobody's watching. Then you became great. 
right? Sure. I have been had eyes on me since day one I stepped in that gym, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody came to fight me 10 times harder than they fought everybody else because they thought this was their moment to get their mm-hmm. payday. So I could watch a girl on tape and she fighting somebody and then it's a whole nother fighter when she gets in the ring with me, like, dang, you know, because that inspiration, that come from? the inspiration, but I, I was already ready for it. But I'm just saying, you would see what, if I was to show you, you say, wow, you know, so there always have been a target on my back, but that's what really made me work as hard as I did, you know, and work with the amazing trainers that I worked with over the years. Right. That definitely shows uh, your mental. I, I, I kind of, you know, try to pick out something that, you know, every guest comes on and, you know, what makes them great, what triggers them to being who they are? Because I feel like, you know, with me, you know, I, my motto is hard work, dedication. And, you know, you get knocked down, like you said, get up, get your ass up and keep fighting. And, uh, you know, those that are, those who've made it and made it at a high level, they all have like a niche about them. So, you know, for me, that's kind of what I take out of it. I just kind of want to touch on uh, briefly, because I, I heard you, you know, you said, your dad said, this is not a woman's sport. For you, for you being a woman, and you know it's 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 always double standards. Um, what, what like what, what's your take on that? Because obviously they say, oh, this is not a women's sport. You're not supposed to be boxing. You're pretty. You know your face not supposed to be touched. You're not supposed to bleed. You're not supposed to get cuts and scratches. But for you as a mental, like was that something that you wanted to prove that you know I am a woman, but you know it's not a double standard for me. I could do you you know I can play this sport and I can you know. I can box at a high level. Did, did that ever come up in your mental kind of growing up or even throughout the, the training process and, you know, uh, going to camp and, you know, just like at an early age, cause I don't, how old were you when you officially started boxing? How old were you? Was you a teenager? I was about 18, uh, getting ready to turn 19 by the time I started actually training. And then I was, um, you know, 22 when I had my 21, no 20, okay, so you, 20 so you was, when I had my pro debut. So right. I was trained for a year. To, okay. before I had my pro debut. So I was still so young. Right. So, okay. So you was, you was a little older because I mean, at 18, 20, I mean, you finished in high school. Really, and another thing, I, heard, I, I saw you went to, you graduated from uh, Santa Monica City College. My, my mm-hmm. older brother actually went there as well too. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. For, but for me, like, did that ever come a, a, a point in time where you was like, you know, this is not a women's sport, but, you know, I want to prove that I can do it. And as far as, you know, you're not getting touched and, you know, you just kind of want to always have that pretty face. Like, what, what was your mentality on that part of it? Well, to answer your question, I remember being asked that. That was the main thing people asked me about looks, right? Yeah. Well, you're so pretty. Why, why, wouldn't, why would you want a box? You know, or are you using this as a platform to become a model? I'm like, first of all, it doesn't make sense to box and put my face in harm's way in yeah. order to become a model or a TV star. So that just wasn't the case. But I used to always have this joke. I was like, I'm cute. My, my nose would be cute to the right or the left. If it gets broken, it's still going to be cute. Like, that was never a concern of mine. Looks, you cannot be concerned about looks as a man or a woman. You wouldn't want to get your face messed up. You're a handsome man. It doesn't matter. You're not a woman, but you don't want to get your face messed up. But if you're in the hurt business of boxing, you have to know that can happen. You can get a cut, you know, that's not going to necessarily all heal to the point where it's not there anymore and leave a scar. All kinds of things can happen. So that cannot be a concern. But in terms of representing as a woman, that was never an issue to me. Like, that's part of my mindset. I don't approach things like, oh, I'm a woman. I have something to prove. I had so many damn things to prove in terms of being Muhammad Ali's daughter, just that I could do it, that it wasn't a publicity stunt. That was more my focus opposed to that I'm a woman because women have to work just as hard as men. We got to train just as hard as men. And for me, I only sparred men. So I'm in the gym because I'm a big girl. I'm 5'11". I'm 200 pounds right now. So I was fighting. You got me beat. (laughs) Right. I'm bigger. How much you weigh? I'm 180. 
Say I'm bigger than you. You know, and I'm 5'11", five, five too, so you got me. I'm a big <laughs> chick. Look at my hands. Like, people right. don't realize, like, I'm big. You might you might got Curtis a little bit, huh? No, no, Curtis is, Curtis is a little bigger. Gained but, a little, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, he's about 215. But I'm close. Come on, two right, right. <laughs> I'm both up on, no, I'm just playing. But, um, no, first of all, I'm, I'm not like that with my man at all. Like, you can't really be in a relationship with your man afraid of you. Like I'm totally different person. I'm gonna ask him, but we're gonna we're gonna no, touch gonna, on that. He'll tell you, he'll tell you, he'll tell you. Like that's that's the that's a cool thing he gets to see. He gets to see that opposite balance, and nobody else gets to see. Sure. But um, what I would say is, is that the reason why I make sure I talk about being a woman and what women can do is to uplift other women. That's being fire, a woman man. has never been an issue for me. It's never been a mindset. Like, oh, why are things harder? But I speak on that publicly. You know, mm-hmm. being a woman in a male-dominated sport because women need to be uplifted in that way. Sure. I'm the type of person that's like, I'm going to do what I want to do regardless. I don't care what anybody thinks. So I shut all that out. And I don't think about all of the roadblocks in the way. I just put my head down and do my work the same way that, that you did. But we come from mm-hmm. an athlete's mindset, right. an athlete's point of view. So for me, I have to learn to compartmentalize anything that's going on mm-hmm. and step in that ring. And when that bell rings, somebody's trying to take my head off. Nothing matters. No excuses. So it's not in my mind. It ain't no you win some, you lose some. Not right. in my mind. Because we're in two different types of sports. See, so yeah, in football, sure. you can't say I'm going to win every single game. You're not. Right. But for right. me, I was like, none of these chicks have any business beating me, period. Yeah. Because not only do I work harder, train harder, faster, smarter, more confident, you know, just the DNA alone and the size and the power and all these things. So I felt like, no, I will not lose. I cannot lose. I don't apply that to everything I do in life because it's not realistic. But I own that ring. You know what I mean? Sure. And that comes from being an Ali. I can't, I can't, yeah. uh, you know, take no, that's, that. Yeah, that's the characteristics <laughs> that's my you got, superpower. man. You got, <laughs> you, you got to set the standards high, man. If you're not setting the standards high, what are you doing it for? What are you in it for if you're not Absolutely. every time you step on the, uh, for me, the, the field, I, I feel like I can't beat the guy in front of me. Like, I don't care who you put in, Deion Sanders. And he know I tell him every time. I'm going to feel like I'm going to beat him every time. So as that, as that competitor me- mentality, you got to have that mentality. Um, that's that's great, honestly, man. I, I really didn't know that about you, but I, I love the fire that you have in you. I, I'm First of all, I want to just touch on I seen some articles where there's a few women that said they actually you avoided them, but I don't believe that because I, I I hear the energy, I feel the energy. But um, Ann Wolf is one of them. I think it was like uh, one or two more uh, you know female bosses that actually said they challenged you and it never went through. And uh, you know I, I kind of you know did my history and you know they was asking for some unrealistic monies as far as what I what I took out of oh, it. But Lord. yeah, what, what do you feel about people? claiming that you turned down a fight or didn't want to fight them. Cause I, from the way we talk and I could tell that that ain't yeah. possible. At all, I lost so. a lot of sleep over that and Wolf, especially. And yeah. you would think I was a little obsessed with her um, because <laughs> I literally, like I said, would just bring her up, talk about her, you know, I, Make I her more important than she was. Well, you know, people will say that, like, why do you care? And I'm like, I care because people believe it, not just them saying it. A lot of people believe that. And I'm like, my history is going to be written. I don't want to be 75 in a wheelchair or anything and somebody talking about, you know, this, that I wouldn't fight this chicken. Now I can't go do it. So, So I was trying to, you know, even after I had my kids have a comeback and I've been chasing after that woman for so long, but it made her. 
It I'm may still hear. Hold on, I'm still hearing a comeback as possible. That, that ship has sailed. Her, <laughs> she's too old now. She's older than me, and she's turned me down multiple times. You see how they got right. close. Talk your shit there. She, she turned me down multiple times, but multiple. that's not gonna happen. Multiple. Okay, right. I'm talking about in private, multiple times, and has gotten famous off of being the woman I wouldn't fight. So why yeah, would you crazy. go now fight me when you're gonna get dusted off? Right. And all you can do is look at the opponents that we have in common. The one person that knocked her out, Valerie, my food, right. I beat twice like she was my child. Like, right. that, that's, that's not a politically correct statement nowadays. <laughs> I'm not beating children, but I'm saying hey, I just right. did what I wanted to do with her is my point. It was easy. Definitely. It was easy. And this is the person that knocked her out. And then she had two rematches with. So that's all I can say since we never, she never had the, the, the nerve to face me, mm-hmm. you know, but people will believe because she's hardcore and looks a certain way, they don't realize that I'm bigger and stronger than she is. Right. That, I, of course, I'm the one running. But I will say this any, her and any other girls that have said I wouldn't fight them, right? Mm-hmm. The best should fight the best, right? Here. If I was the problem, the top of the food chain, me, if yeah. I was the problem, why haven't y'all chicks fought each other? Right. Why haven't they fought each other? No, because they all are scary Larrys. <laughs> don't want any competition and would not fight me. That's why. That's why right. they wouldn't, they've had fought each other. You fight the next best. That's what you do. If you can't fight, but they haven't done that because they don't want that competition. Right. Yeah. Shit. If I'm if I'm in that business, I want to get the best of the best. Whoever, they, wherever at the top of that chart, I'm coming for them. You feel and me? And what if you do is, I will say this, just so you know, and anybody watching, in boxing, you there is a business order to things. I do believe in if you had, if I, if I was managing a fighter that had, was very promising, I would put them in the right fights early so they can learn, so mm-hmm. they can, so they can stay undefeated as long as possible, and then make the big money fight. But right. what's the point if you're not ever gonna make the big money fight? You gotta talk your shit. Do your thing, but then at some point you have to face each other and there's nothing to lose. If I fought Ann Wolf and got knocked out by her and she's knocking everybody out and she's so scary and all these things people believe in, then I would have to just say she was the better woman. Can I have a rematch? That's not mm-hmm. something to be afraid of. You know what I mean? Right. Like, that's the last thing I am is scared of anybody. You had never that's seen true. me get beat, almost get beat, get my ass beat, none of that like you've seen happen to her. So <laughs> that's the last thing I'm going to say about that. You see how passionate I get? No, nah, I love it, man. <laughs> I, I promise. So so when you was, um, you know, competing at a high level, obviously, um, you know, 24 and 0, 21 knockdowns, were you like a shit talker? Did you like, you know... Yeah, I mean, I can, but you know, I, I kind of want to relive it because I, I remember I, I saw some fights back, you know, <laughs> back in the what, early 2000s. When did, yeah, you, when did yeah. you retire? I retired in 2007, but I will say this. I say what's on my mind. I was, I'm not the type that's like, let me talk shit to get exposure because that's a nice tactic to have, but I mean everything that I'm saying and I'm just telling you what I'm going to do if need be. And most of the time, these girls would talk about me. They would be very very disrespectful towards me Mm. um, because there's a lot of animosity towards me because I was getting a lot of attention. So Mm. they think that I'm the celebrity. I'm not paying attention. But I, like I said, I get a little obsessed. I'm researching the articles. I'm going on your your page and and, and checking you out, what you're saying about me. So then when the time comes, I get to face you. I get to remind you of all those things and tell you why I'm going to take you into the deep rounds, whoop your ass and knock you out. In the in the final round, you know, right, so right. that that was just motivation for me. So so yeah, yeah I, I I was a talker, but I do believe that you don't have to be a talker. That doesn't mean anything. You could be right. totally quiet, a quiet assassin, and then sure. whoop somebody in the ring. So That's I wasn't right. that type that over talk, woof woof woof. But I, if I'm fighting you, I'm gonna right. look you dead in your eye and have a conversation with you. 
Right. Because we're going to face each other. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. if we don't like each other, that makes the fight all the more fun for me. If we right. like each other and I know that, I mean, not like each other, but if we're cool and you don't say anything to start a fire, sometimes mm-hmm. it takes me more to get revved up because I know it's going to be easy for me anyway. So when they say something to me and look me in my eye, I'd be like, oh, she really thinks she can win. That would just right. fire me up to a whole nother level. So Yeah, no, nah, that's dope. So <laughs> I'm a, uh, I, I got one more sports question and I kind of want to transition off to, to, you know, your television and kind of just some community work. But uh, it, it, how was it for you? Because I, I saw that you uh, fought um, Joe Frazier's daughter. Obviously, Joe Frazier, Muhammad Ali, two icons, two greats all time. Um, you know, and it, it got pumped up to, you know, them trying to find somebody to fight you, Joe Frazier. And uh, first pay-per-view fight, I mean, first pay-per-view fight by two women, hell, that's a record. So we want to, you know, applaud you a little bit for that one too. But how, how was that moment as far as, um, you know, Joe Frazier and, uh, you know, the battles that we saw your dad go down with uh, with that? How, how was that for you and his daughter? And, uh, you know, can you speak on that a little bit? How was that yeah. passionate for you? Yeah, well, in hindsight now that it was a past, you know, I can look mm-hmm. at it differently. But when I was in it, I was really irritated with her because I was like, here I am trying to be serious about my boxing career. And then she kind of got the idea like to follow in too. I didn't take her seriously. Right. But we had to fight because obviously it made sense to do, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and Jackie was tough. You know, I got in that ring and there's a lot of family animosity there. You know, mm-hmm. I was real cocky with her, you know, because it was like that whole family history, you right. know. My dad used to call her dad ugly. He looks like a gorilla. You know, all these things he would say. He's an Uncle Tom because my dad had been stripped of his titles, you know, when he got stripped of everything. And Joe Frazier was the champ. He's like, you're not the real champ. You didn't beat me. So, you know, that got under his chest. Like, here here he comes saying all these things. His kids are hearing this. One of the most beautiful, famous, respected, loved men in the world calling your dad ugly publicly, calling him ignorant, calling him Uncle Tom. They had to go to school and hear that. So I'm sure there was a lot of emotion there. I had my own emotion. So we, we, it was a battle. I and mean, then I got the flu before the fight, which nobody knew. So mm-hmm. I'm fighting like with no energy. Third round, I was done. But mm-hmm. I was like, I cannot let her win. You know, it was like, so I was just like, I didn't even sit in, in my, like in between rounds, I wouldn't sit down. Sit I was down. like, if I sit down, I can't get back up. My legs <laughs> felt so weak. So hey. yeah, but it was a battle. It went the distance. And my regret is, is that we didn't have a rematch. And the reason we didn't was because of me. I wouldn't give her a rematch because I was hey. like, <laughs> For what? I, well, I, I felt like at the time, that's when I was proving my seriousness. I didn't take her seriously. And I was right. like, I want to fight girls with it's titles. Serious. I want to yeah. get some belts. But right. in hindsight, I would have fought her. That wasn't a smart move because it would have business-wise, we should have fought again. For we sure. would have made a lot of money. Right. It would have brought a lot of exposure to the sport. But my ignorance being young and just having something to prove it was me that stood in the way and i wish i didn't do that so and i could have got the knockout i could have fought her healthy and got the knockout that's interesting (laughs) i know so i'm sure that was like the flu game you know how michael jordan played in that game when i think he had like 45 points so that was real flu game that was your flu match where you still in there dodging and weaving the duck and stuff (laughs) we were scrapping that was such so early in my career where my skill level wasn't even to where it had become but we were scrapping like it was a full and then she was tougher than I thought she'd be like she was right. tougher and then right. my power wasn't there so the balance of it but it, it ended up being a good fight because of that right so we uh let me get to a, a few endorsements one second please while we hit sure, the endorsements <laughs> so endorsed and sponsored by Deshaun Jackson Foundation everybody go check out DeshaunJackson.com uh, pancreatic cancer month um you know one times one clothing uh, everybody go out shop one times one clothing uh you know define yourself um, you're a rare person. No one's like you. 
So keep being great. And uh, against all odds, out right now, streaming on all major platforms and uh, sports rhythms and plays for life. So uh, let me see. Da, 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 da. We got a few more and then we're going to get about here. I know six minutes. We're going we gonna to get out you here fast, though. All right, so... Uh, it's a long-winded on my answers for you. <laughs> nah, I love them, shit. I love that, the fluke thing, too, especially. I ain't know that. So, shit, maybe we get some sound bites of people that ain't know about you, you know? Right. Um, so, I, I want to speak on, uh, uh, you know, your dad basically uh, being an activist and, you know, speaking on the Black Lives Matter movement. Uh, you know, you have LeBron James and, you know, you have a lot of pr- police brutality going on and, um, you know, in the in our society right now, but, you know, your, your dad was an activist, man. I, I could just remember, you know, uh, back in time, just, you know, his speeches and, you know, what he meant to the community. And, you know, do, do you feel like he was, he, he was one of the few athletes to really uh, transition over, um, you know, as, as far as, you know, being for the people and basically being that voice, because, you know, you have a lot of these, you know, athletes now and myself included, you know, we, we, we're on such big of a platform and, you know, us being silenced and, you know, not really speaking for our people can, um, you know, definitely do numbers. So, you know, for you, like, was, was your dad a, a big influence? And I, I know as far as boxing and just him being an icon, a model, but as far as like with the community work, how, how was he to you? And did he, you know, kind of transition over from, you know, being a boxer to, you know, the everyday life? So, my dad um, wore so many hats, you know, in terms of being a father, being an activist, you know, just who he was. He, he had ended his boxing career by the time I got old enough to really understand what was going on. But the mm-hmm. most important thing to him was his humanitarianism work that he did all around the world, not just for black people, but for all people. My dad has freed hostages from Saddam Hussein. I went out there and actually brought him back, which was really dangerous to do. Um, I think what differentiates my dad um, from a lot of the athletes now, first of all, I can't ever think of anyone on his level in terms of what he was willing to sacrifice. Okay. Um, But that's okay. You know, everybody has their part. Everybody can do something and there's levels to it because once you take a stand, once you put it out there, you gotta, you gotta maintain that. Right. So you want to make sure you're doing what's really in your heart to do, not feel pressured to do certain things. But I've always believed that anytime you're a public person, I don't care if you're an athlete, singer, actor, whatever you are, people are looking up to you. What we say matters. So however you can use your platform is amazing. Now, my father wasn't any hashtag. It wasn't any cause that he got involved in. He was just doing what he felt was right. He was standing up for himself, standing up for Black people, you know, and he inspired a lot of people to see themselves differently. Like, I'm the greatest. I'm beautiful. Just that alone. People are like, huh, what? You know what I mean? And then... For him to be willing to put everything on the line, his career on the line. And this is not with an entourage or uh, a sports agency or anybody, social media creating anything for him. This is just something he did on his own and it played out in his real life. So, yeah, he definitely has been an inspiration for me. My thing is, I also don't feel burdened to be like my father. I don't think I could ever be like my father. Number one, he's a man. Number two, he lived in a different time and era and had a different set of circumstances. I'm the mom. I have children. You know, I'm very careful about, you know, what I say, what I do, how I use my platform, but while being true to myself and my passions. So Lay Lolly Lifestyle, which is my brand, you know, I have a website, was all about encouraging people to be the best version of themselves through their health, their their wellness, I mean, their, their health, their mindset, and their purpose in life. And what I've decided to tackle for my activism and my advocacy work is just helping people in their health. Because when you talk about Black people, we're dying at the highest rates from heart disease, from lifestyle choices. 
This is not from the police killing us. It's not from us killing each other. This is not from all the systems that have been put in place against us. But the system, one of the systems is in the food, right? With the GMOs and the chemicals and the fast food. All this stuff is meant to make you sick, is meant to keep those healthcare bills going, is meant to keep you not thinking right. So I'm trying to encourage people to understand that by eating whole foods, by living a healthy lifestyle, that we're already being ahead of the game because that's what's killing us. And it's something that we can change. So that is really what my focus is. Anytime things come up, you know, like what's recently been happening in, in our community with the police killings and all that, of course, I want to say something. I'm not somebody who necessarily jumps on bandwagons in terms of organized groups because you really got to know who's behind them and what their real motive is and what their real intention is. Um, so I always do my research before I go jump, jump on any, you know, bandwagon. Um, but because the message is very clear, all people matter, right? People hate to say that, you know, but when, when someone's shooting a black man, nobody wants to hear all lives matter, right? That's why they were saying, oh, black lives matter. But in reality, all of our lives do matter. And that includes black people. See what I'm saying? But depending on what context we put that in, yeah, you do need to say, you know, when everyone's saying, yeah, black lives matter, because that was a focus. We're the ones being killed all the time. You see what I'm saying? But my father was someone who was inclusive of all people. He traveled the world globally and loved all people, all colors, all races. But you got to love yourself first. You got to take care of your family first. You got to take care of your community. Every other race does it. But when we do it, sometimes it sends, I'm sorry, when we do it, it tends to be a problem sometimes. So I'm aware of all of this. But at the same time, to answer your question, yeah, my father has been a tremendous role model. So now that actually leads me into, you know, a, a segment of my show where I call it billionaire talk. And you, you basically just hit it right on the, you nailed it like right on the head. And it's like, I, I still have to ask you because the, you know, the segment of my show, Billionaire Talk, is, is basically inspiring the youth and, you know, kind of giving some motivation and some, you know, some encouragement to, you know, someone that the next Layla Ali or, you know, the next Deshaun Jackson. Um, can, can, can you give me some insight on, well, I ain't even going to ask on, on your mindset because you done been, you know, giving us game the whole time we've been on this uh, this call. But uh, what is something like you inspire the youth? Like, what, what is something you could give where someone back home right now can really take and say, hey, like, this is Layla mentality. And if I follow this mentality, I can make it and I can get to where I need to get to. I would say that, you know, we, we can, we can, we as athletes that have um, accomplished a lot can say, can sound confident, you know, and say, talk about how we, you know, we want what we want. We go after, we're going to come out on top no matter who we're against. But just know that that's not just talk. Confidence comes from preparation. So for me, again, confidence comes from preparation. I have prepared myself. I have done the work that it takes. I've done the studying, if it's any tapes. I've put in the work in the gym. I've made sure that I got my rest. I've made sure that I surrounded myself with people who are going to be positive, who are going to suck energy from me, who are going to feed me, you know, with their with positive energy. I've, I've done all of that. I've set myself up for success. I'm not just saying, oh, I know I can do it just because, and you go out there and get surprised. Guess what? There's thousands of other people who feel that same way. What you going to do? So again, preparing yourself, right, um, in every way that you can, mentally, physically, spiritually. Um, and, it, you know, and when you go under all those pillars saying, hmm, you know, what resources do I have? You know, is it a self-help book? Is it a video? Is it a mentor? What is it? What can I do? That's where your confidence comes from. And that's what you need to have. Don't just be talking. Don't just be, 
feeling like something's supposed to be handed to you, like it's going to be easy, like you don't want to do the work. You don't see the work that goes on behind the scenes. They didn't see all the years that you, all the sacrifices that you made. You see what I'm saying? So understand confidence comes from preparation and prepare yourself for success. You're you're a big inspiration for a lot of young ladies out there, man. If you know, if I, if I had a if I have a daughter one day, hopefully I do because I got two boys, three boys. Can't seem to get to draw a look for a female, <laughs> but it's coming. Hopefully, it's coming. But you're definitely an inspiration. You're the model, um, you know. And I appreciate you everything you've done, everything you're continuously doing. Uh, you know, is there anything else you want to promote or basically, uh, you know, put out there that you're doing? Anything that's you know, people need to stay tuned. You know, I want to give you the moment. You you came on and bless my show. So I definitely want to t- return the favor. Well, I want to invite anyone who wants to to visit my website, Leilali Lifestyle. I took a lot of time in creating a Replenish You series. It's a free email series you can sign up for that helps you get started and being the best version of you through your health, your mindset, and your purpose. That would be a good start. I also have nutrition products and skincare products and my spice blends, you know, that I did off of my cookbook. So I invite them to come check that out. And just like you have a foundation, I don't have a foundation, but I give back through my fan page. I have a fan page on my site where I have autographed boxing gloves and pictures and t-shirts and all the proceeds from that goes to different charities. And you can go see the charities, you can see the donations that I've made. So, um, you know, I think that as long as we keep using our platform to lift up, as long as we keep using our platforms to uplift those coming behind us, we're doing the right thing, Deshaun. Well, no, I definitely appreciate it. I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to jump out there and tell you, I'm going to need some of them boxing gloves. I need it in my memorabilia. <laughs> I need to put it up on the wall in a box somewhere. I need to get that. And I'll right, return a favor. I'll give you a jersey. I don't know if you want it. Your husband probably might want it. I got him. No, that's big, bro. I can't let you out the horn without asking, though. So if it was the heat of the moment, argument, anything, and, and, and Big Curtis, that's like big bro to me. And, 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 and it was going down. I know he kind of scared you. I know you don't have to probably tip him up a few times. Have well, you ever messed around a little bit? <laughs> no, I, I think one time we wrestled and he got me like like that, you know. Curtis <laughs> is so much stronger than me physically that right. I would not be able to, to hurt him unless I got the shot in first, you know what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> but I would never, ever do that. Like, I am so... You know, I cook dinner. I make him his plate. I'm such I, a lady, huh? This this don't yeah, this don't sound like the boxer. No, no, no. We we I'm 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 100 woman. Like you know, I'm a homemaker. I'm a mom. I'm a fighter. Women have been warriors since the beginning of time. People don't realize that. But we you gotta have that balance and that femininity. So I, I don't have no problem. I never had a problem keeping a man. I just put it like that because I have the I other side now too. I, I mean, <laughs> I, I, you got the mental. You got the looks. You got everything exactly. going for you. I appreciate your time, Layla. Man, you it was so a pleasure much. spending time with you today. Thanks for having me on. I got the money, but my pride keep me in the streets. I got the hustle, but we guarantee we gon' go. I got a few plays. I'm quarterback. I'm Tom Brady, 12 in the pack, and I'm going to throw it. Get my arm crazy. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.